time it is. It's actually Saturday in the afternoon, 4.09 Pacific Standard Time. It is your boy, Vince. I am solo today. One of the reasons why we held off on this podcast yesterday is because we were alerted to um, the situation that's going on in Memphis. Um, As you now know, uh, John Morant has been suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies. He also went on Instagram Live to uh, to express an apology in regards to his actions. And uh, he's also said that he was dealing with some uh, stress issues. If you're not aware of all of what has transpired with uh, John Morant, um, it's actually pretty sad. You have the situation that happened with the Indiana Pacers, um, I want to say about three or four weeks ago, where there was some sort of verbal altercation on the court. And you had a situation where after the game, in the players' parking lot and where the bus is for the Indiana Pacers, there was a laser pointer that was shined into the bus. So it was like, showing a red dot on the players and, and, and people in that uh, in that bus. So obviously, um, as somebody who grew up in, in the hood and uh, as uh, some of those guys did as well, you know, you probably had some real anxious moments for one second. This is very juvenile behavior. Um, I'm not trying to be hard on the young man. This is that point where you need to start thinking more like a CEO. When you're John Morant, when you are, are a all-star multiple times now, and within five years, it's going to be one of the faces of the league. You can't act like this. Now, also with that, um, I'm going to read you some things that came across here. I mean, pretty much everybody knows. I'm going to read the apology for you if you have not seen it i take full responsibilities for my actions last night i'm sorry to my family teammates coaches fans partners in the city of memphis and the entire grizzlies organization for letting them down i am going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods on dealing with stress and my overall well-being this comes for John Morant, and then he deactivated his IG live. So now the thing that he's really in trouble for is there was an incident <laughs> in regard to a 17-year-old uh, young man. Um, th- all the reports aren't out there. This is what I know. <laughs> um, from what I've been able to gather from people, podcasts I've listened to and a couple people I've talked to um, is that supposedly he had like open runs at his house and invited like people who were not vetted so these are just regular folks and there was some sort of altercation with this kid I don't know, it was a heated pickup game or whatever the kid ended up getting knuckled up for his trouble. I mean, there were some lumps on his head and and what have you. So I don't know how many times he was hit. I mean, that report will come out at some point. And then there was a brandishing of a weapon. We talked about it on this podcast in regards to Brandon Miller of Alabama, I think last week as well. Usually, and now this is from my experience, and uh, I know I don't sound like the, the guy who would do this or whatever, but um, I'm a lot older and a lot wiser now. Usually, if you're f- comfortable with firearms, that means they've been part of your life for quite some time. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is not new. John Morant handing, you know, having a weapon. And here's the thing. I'm not about, like, taking guns away from people and all that. Listen, I know there's laws in this country. I got it. I don't care where you stand on 
what side of the aisle when it comes to that. If you want to bear arms, I understand what you got. And for those people who are saying like the senseless uh, violence that is going on, that's plaguing our country, I get you too. I just kind of give it up to God and let him deal with it because it's outside my pay grade. My thought is that John Morant should own a gun. That's my thought. My other thought is who in his, whatever you want to call it, in his party, in his group of friends, in his, whatever his closest confidants are, who in his party is helping him navigate these decisions? Who in this party are saying, hey, man, we, we probably need to think this one out and not react and not get hot-headed? And by the way, let's just call it what it is. Who in this group is taking, is alleviating that situation for him? He should not be involved whatsoever. Now, here's the first question that I'm going to ask, and everybody can ask this question too along with me. Why are you bringing randoms to your home and your John Morant to play pickup basketball? Aren't there YMCAs? Aren't there, um, you know, basketball courts all over all over Memphis? You actually play on a court. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's also a practice facility that's connected to their arena. So explain to me why John Morant has decided that he's going to have open runs at his house and have randoms come over to his house. I get it. And I'm going to say this for for my black peoples. I understand about loyalty. I understand about keeping it real. But no, not when you become this. You have to be a little less real, unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying not authentic. What I'm saying is, is that you got to tone down the, the street in you when you are a $200 million player and Nike is giving you a hundred-plus million-dollar contract. You need to be more responsible. Now, I don't know what kind of stresses that John Morant is under. I mean, I take it that, listen, he has, he is he is the franchise in Memphis. And maybe it was all a little bit too much. But Nico and I have been clamoring for Memphis and that front office to make a trade to bring a grown-up into that locker room. Their response was Luke Kennard, who couldn't be further from what John Morant is and what John Morant grew up around and also is, has no type of demeanor like Ja at all. There's no flair. There's no flamboyancy to his game. Nothing. So there's no reason for Ja Morant to seek Luke Kennard out. You needed to go get, you know, obviously he's retired now, but you needed to go get like a Steven Jackson type. You needed to go get a vet who's been through the wars in the NBA, been able to navigate and have a successful career, but also know what it's like to be um, African-American in this country and to come from areas that were uh, 
a little less desirable than our um, our fairer complexion counterparts. Um, I'm not. I, I'm not here to scold them. I'm not here to. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for the fans. I'm disappointed in his decision making. Yeah. But I'm disappointed for Ja. You know, like you. If this incident gets a little bit worse. Which it didn't. But if it gets a little bit worse. What could have happened? Obviously, there were some there was some animosity. There were some fiery words back and forth. Why would you? Why would you put hands on a 17-year-old? I'm sure he popped off smart. Okay? I get that. But you are John Morant. So the person's name that ends up in the column on Bleacher Report, on ESPN, the, the name that's going to be scrolling on the bottom line is going to be John Morant. It's not going to be that 17-year-old. Hell, if he was 18-year-old, his name probably wouldn't be on there either. Your name is on there, Ja. So you're going to have cameras in front of you when you come back, and they're going to ask you questions, tough questions about this. So this is not over, unfortunately. Now, for Memphis, what this says is that right now, the Laker game um, that they're going to play Sunday, that's going to be without Ja. He plays Golden State. That's going to be wild, jaw too. Now, depending on your level of comfort as a Memphis fan with your positioning in the uh, in the West, maybe you're fine. We all do realize that Kevin Durant has come to the Phoenix Suns, correct? So it would behoove Memphis and other teams to make sure that they stay where they are. By the way, Sacramento is playing very good basketball, and you are not that far ahead of the Sacramento Kings. So this couldn't have come at a worse time for John. This couldn't have come in a worse time for the Memphis Grizzlies organization. This couldn't have come in a worse time for all Grizzly fans out there. And I am, um, I was so hyped for Memphis this year because they built it the right way. You got a star from Murray State of all places. Homegrown kid, just doing it. Bane, doing it. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. doing it. These are these are decisions that really are detrimental to a franchise. And I mean, like, hey, this is a sliding door moment for Ja. Ja needs to get himself together and. Um, I hope he really does learn from the situation. I hope that uh, he gets um, words of wisdom from people who have played this game. I hope Steven Jackson and Matt, and Matt Barnes and people like that reach out to him. Um. I hope people like um, Damian Lillard reach out to Ja and try to counsel him in how to navigate these probably next 24 to 36 months for himself. Because here's the other thing, you know, it takes the, the, the focus off one thing. 
which is does Memphis have enough to get to the finals? Now we got to put all that on the bad burner. We can't even talk about basketball right now because we're talking about your decision-making. That's what we're doing. That's where we're going with this. He's such an electrifying athlete. And he such a, has such an engaging personality. I love the way he um, does his post-game interviews and his daughter runs up and he picks her up and uh, does the interview. I love his candor. I love his uh, swag. I love all of that. But, man, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't co-sign this hot-headedness. I can't co-sign allowing cooler heads, not allowing cooler heads to, pro, to prevail. And, again, actually, you know who I'm really disappointed in, and I'll just say it just like this. I've talked – I have a friend – or <clears throat> I used to have a friend named Will. We'll get into it in a, in a next pod or something, a live pod. Um, Will and I went to school, and we had like a, some sort of like 30-year, we knew each other for 30 years. One of the things that we used to talk about when we were in high school and in college was – how these players fumble the bag and who's around them. Who's around them to say, hey, man, I don't know if this is a good decision. We need one person in that group to make that they can listen to that can make that call for them. We've been talking about it forever. And there are a ton of names out there that this, this type of situation did go worse. Ended careers, wrong decisions made at the wrong time, and you lose the ability to do the thing you love. Absolutely amazing. My hope is that Ja does take this time to reflect. My hope is that he uh, gets wise counsel from someone. My hope is that he thins out the people that are around him. No offense to those people whatsoever, but you got to have a guy who's solid and you got to have a guy who can help you say, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't, we don't go to the club tonight. I just got a bad feeling. Or we can do this at home. We can bring the party here. It's a control atmosphere. Again, I go to the point of whose bright idea was it to bring randoms into your home? I just don't get that part. I hope I hope somebody on the ground, I hope one of the reporters asks him this. <laughs> because that right there, if you cut that out, Maybe we don't have a hot, a hot head situation. Maybe we don't have a, a situation that gets us suspended. Just that particular decision making led to this. So, <clears throat> City of Memphis, man, uh, I know that uh, Kevin O'Connor is coming out there in a couple weeks. I know Bill Simmons is coming out there in a couple weeks. Man, y'all got a lot to answer for when them dudes hit the hit the town. And I don't even I don't even work at the ringer and I'm I'm bringing that up. Okay? Um I honestly didn't think this is what I was going to be doing today. <laughs> we actually were going to talk about football, but we're going to hold off till Monday and let a lot of the uh a lot of the convoy go through uh nico is uh was feeling under under the weather uh yesterday anyway and like i said i had kind of got word about this going down yesterday so we just kind of held off until it happened now let's look at where memphis is actually in this situation we'll see how it puts them 
I mean, I know they're number two. Okay, so Memphis right now is the number two seed in the Western Conference. They are one game ahead of the Sacramento Kings. Now, they do have a four-game lead on the Phoenix Suns, and uh, that looks like that's going to be – I don't know if Phoenix can catch them, but this could derail their season. They weren't playing well anyway. You got Steven Adams hopefully coming back fairly shortly. Hopefully that helps. Losing Ja doesn't help, especially at this time of the year. So critical. Every victory is so critical at this time. Just really disappointing. Just crazy disappointing. Crazy disappointing for those fans, too. Because here's the other thing. And uh, I'm going to speak a little truth now. (laughs) Giannis is a different cat. You know why? Because he's he's not from here. Jokic is a different cat because he's not from here. Now Luca has kind of got the best of both worlds. He's in a he's in a major city. Um, not saying that no no short change to Denver and Memphis, please. But you guys understand what I'm talking about. You know that there are other cities out there. You know you understand where I'm coming from. But it's it's always cool when you see a guy like Ja or you see a guy like Dane Lillard. Um, you see a guy like Jokic, like Giannis, and they're in these, these cool cities that, you know, it's not the limelight, right? It really isn't. We understand, right, Memphis? Um. But they're in this cool, they're these in these cool cities, and they have no thought of moving on whatsoever. And then Memphis gets job, and I thought to myself, like, man, he might actually just be like the type of guy who would want to spend his whole career here. You know, um he really has picked up that mantle of that it's different. It's not true grit and grind. Shouts out to uh, Zach Randolph and the crew to the OG grit, grit and grind. But you looked at Ja and you saw just this incredible talent. And his mindset, the way he talked as far as like, you know, the just the swag and the bravado and just like the the humility, you know, um, just being really grateful to be in Memphis and, and being the NBA and, and all of this. And, you know, it's just rough when you see organizations that do everything, you know, pretty much the right way, get draft capital, invest in the draft capital player development all over the place. By the way, Memphis has done such a good job with player development. Think about this. You got Desmond Bain, who we loved. I loved him. I loved him coming out of the draft. He was my guy in that draft. And this guy came out as a shooter, and now he's a he's an offense initiator, Definitely handles the ball very well. It seems like his off-the-bounce threes are better than it was when he first came into the league. Sandy Aldama, who nobody ever heard of until the run in March. They draft him in the first round. People are scratching their head. They have no idea serviceable role player. You got Jones, the backup point guard. I mean, pretty much could start for a lot of teams in the NBA. But worked on his shot. Worked on um, worked on his ability to take care of the ball. His turnover rate has gone down pretty much every year. You know, and then you look at like, uh, you know, Jan Jackson Jr. 
you know, they just have all of these pieces that they literally cultivated, that they literally developed, that they literally put a lot of time and work into. But we all know in the NBA, if you don't have that superstar, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you do as a player development person. It doesn't matter how much uh, sanctuary you build with inside those, those walls of that building. You got to have the superstar and you got to have the superstar with his head screwed on correctly. So I just, I just, Grizzlies have been a great story the last couple of years. I love the swag. I love, I love the, uh, the bravado and everything, but this situation right here has uh, really put us in a situation where let's take a step back and, uh, there are things that are bigger than basketball, and we hope that Ja can get those things taken care of. What are the Lakers doing? Somebody explain to me what the Lakers are doing. LeBron is hurt. Um, there's a tendon issue in the foot, sprained foot. D'Lo, who sprained ankle, I'm not going to sit here and say that man is not hurt and he's milking it. That is not what I'm trying to say. But if you look at the injury that happened to D'Angelo Russell and then the injury that happened to Dennis Schroeder a couple days ago, my man's ball of his ankle hit the floor. That was one of the most grotesque things I have seen in a while. I mean, we've seen some real crazy stuff with Paul George, right? We see some real, real crazy stuff, right? But uh, Victor Oladipo as well. We've seen some stuff. But that, the way he turned his ankle over, it I thought he was out for the year. I thought he broke it. Now, my man bounces back, plays the next game against Timberwolves. Shout out to our guy Momo, who is a Timberwolves fan. And they got the dub last night. You know why? Because Lakers were completely inefficient and they looked like they had no idea who their teammates were last night, where to get them the ball, where they liked the ball, where they're comfortable getting it. The sets look jagged. Um, the Timberwolves put pressure on the ball um, early in the shot clock to get them disorganized out of their offense. And Schroeder is not your atypical point guard. He is not the the great facilitator. What he is is kind of like, I'm a score for first point guard. So, of course, you did not have the offensive creativity of LeBron or D'Angelo Russell. So, yeah, it looked ragged last night. Because they weren't able to get into a drive and kick situation or get it into AD as easily as they wanted to. So then he could kick it out for the threes. And the funny part about it is, is they damn near came back and won that game. And they played horribly. Turnovers left and right. So this goes all to say is that D'Angelo Russell can't believe I'm saying this. Is D'Angelo Russell the most important Laker? Because <laughs> here's the thing. LeBron, we're probably not going to see him until the very end of the regular season. If that. And it really depends on what the Lakers do from this point on. The Lakers can't float around 500 and then wait for LeBron to get back. They can't do it. They gotta, they gotta win some games here. You know, they gotta win some games. They have to get into a situation where over these le- next what 18, 19 games, they gotta be like three, four games over 500, if not more, to get into this uh plan. Now, all the teams around them. Every last one of them keep losing. It's crazy. 
New Orleans falling off a cliff, Portland, you know, they're they're having issues. The T-Wolves finally won a game last night, but before then, they were having issues. So Lakers, have, all the teams that are pretty much like right in front of them, the, the four or five teams that are all clustered in that group, if you want to talk about, you know, 11 to 7 or whatever the case may be, or 11 to 6, they're all kind of really jumbled together and all of them will keep losing. So even though the Lakers aren't playing great, they're able to stay in this race because of the fact that nobody's nobody's taking advantage of the situation. Now, Steph Curry is supposed to come back uh, next week. There's a there's a chance that he might play Sunday. I don't think so, but we'll see tomorrow how that works out. How the Lakers season has been going, though, is usually the guy that's coming back from injury comes back against the Lakers. I think last night was the first time it did not happen. Call Anthony Towns. It's getting closer to coming back. It's the first time to the Lakers that it did not happen. Usually, star injured, comes back against the Lakers, drops 25 or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's all that, right? So we'll see on Sunday what that looks like. Did you guys know that Golden State is the fifth seed now? Like, how did that even happen? I was not aware of this surge. That just shows you how bad the West has been. Nobody can get sustained continuity. No one can get, uh, you know, a sustained winning streak except the top of the conference, obviously. And now we're in this situation where we got like, uh, let's see, let's uh, go with the Lakers here. We have officially 18 more games to go. And then it's all over. So there we are. It's a crazy situation. And I am, uh, we going to have fun these next 18. because. The brand of basketball that we were crying about early in the season, how lackadaisical it was, I think we're going to see a little bit more um, competition. We're going to see some urgency from these teams, and everybody's going to get locked in because now there is no tomorrow. So that's where we are with that. Um, was there one other? There was, I think there was one other thing I wanted to get to. Let me see. Just edit Oh shoot! I didn't even see this. And the in the news for the Grizzlies just keep getting worse. Uh, they're do it all. Back up big, Brandon Clark tore his Achilles in Friday night's game. Per Walsh. Crazy. Man, get well soon, Brandon Clark. That guy plays hard every single game. He is a rebounding machine. I love his tenacity on the defensive end, being able to switch. Just a hard worker. Just, I mean, and also the verticality um, as a defensive player, awesome. That go, that guy goes straight up and down like no other. He knows how not to foul. That's one last piece that Jaron Jackson Jr. has because he was the perfect complement because he could come in and do the slide your feet and switch you know, to the to the wings and to, the, you know, to the two guards and things of that nature. And now you don't have that. Oh, it is. It is. It's Santiago Dalma time. 
you guys do realize that Memphis Grizzly fans, right? Your backup guy, what, Xavier Tillman, and it's going to be Santi Aldama. I bet you you wish you wish you wish you wouldn't have went out and got some uh some cavalry doing the trade day line now, right? This this team was screaming for a wing, screaming for a wing. It was screaming for a person who can come in there and help them in a the half court offense like what playoff basketball looks like this team was screaming for an adult and now this is where we are so Memphis fans what is your level of anxiety now are you do you think you're good do you think this team has the capability to make a run in the playoffs with all that you have seen over the last couple days Hit me up on uh, Twitter at FrontRunnerPC, and you could also hit Nico up on Twitter at NicoFRPC. We would love to hear from our Memphis Grizzly fans and their situation that is going on. <laughs> yo, yo, the castle is under attack in Memphis. <laughs> I mean, it is under attack. Whatever. Whatever analogy you want to use, the ship is taking on water. This is where we are. But the one thing that I do know about that organization is that it's a it's a pretty even keel organization when it comes to the front office. Taylor Jenkins is, is a really good coach and if there was a guy who I would feel comfortable navigating this situation, it's him. I don't know if, if Memphis has a chance of, of getting out the West now. I, I just don't know. We had questions going into before all the Jaw stuff broke out and before all of the you know unfortunate is- issues with uh, Brandon Clark. We had issues. We had thoughts on is Memphis – a legit threat to come out the West because we didn't, I didn't believe that their front car offense was good. I think Luke Kennard helps that situation, but losing blank Brandon Clark is sucks. Not great. Losing Brandon Clark is not great. Losing job for two games is not great. Especially being one game ahead of the Sacramento Kings. By the way, congratulations, Sacramento. I mean, geez, not only are you going to make the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. Hello? 2006, folks. That's the last time. I don't know if some of you were born when that happened. But let me just tell you, 2006. Good year. Anyway, um, Sacramento, one game behind Memphis. All their all their team is intact. There aren't dudes brandishing guns. There aren't dudes having younger dudes, randos, come to their house to play pickup basketball, and then heated heated exchanges go on. You know why? They have Harrison Barnes on that team. Everybody wanted Sacramento to trade Harrison Barnes at the trade deadline to see what they could get for him. Sometimes it's just cool to have somebody who's been in the league 10 years and kind of help you through the pitfalls of a season on and off the court. That's what Harrison Barnes is. So, good basketball player, but um, really, really solid, solid glue guy 
a connective piece, not on the, not just on the court, but off the court. Memphis, does this sound like something you need right now? This sounds, this sounds enticing, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. It's kind of like when you go to the restaurant and you're just feeling something. You just feel in it. It's like, I have a taste for tacos. Or I have a taste for lasagna. Or I have a taste for um, fruit de, de mare. By the way, if you haven't had fruit de mare, take it from your boy. Go do that. Um, yeah, so Memphis needs this. They need this piece. They're not going to get it, obviously, until the offseason. Uh, the buyout market is thinning out. Uh, Will Barton is still on the market. I don't think they really need him. Actually, there's been rumors about him probably going to the Lakers. Maybe. Not saying it's going to happen, but there have been rumors about that. Um, yeah, they traded Danny Green, too. That was awesome. So, again, this is where we are. Um, ja has shut down his... Instagram, um, he is suspended from the team. He said that also he is going to take some time to get himself together and talk to somebody to maybe have some better conflict resolution tools. And also to help himself with his, uh, you know, mental health. So this is where we are in Memphis. Grizzly fans, what do you think about your superstar, the guy that the franchise depends on, John Morant, and these situations? I am, um, I look forward to any and all comments in my Twitter. Again, that is at FrontRunnerPC and for Nico, that's at Nico FRPC. And with that being said, we are done here. This is a short one, but I uh, I wanted to get to the, the John Morant of it all. And uh, again, <clears throat> for the young man, I pray and I do pray that uh, he finds a... a a settledness within inside his spirit. I hope that he finds the help that he needs to make sure these type of things don't happen to him, that he doesn't put himself in these situations. And I pray that he, the people around him love him enough that if they know that they're a problem, that they walk away from him. Um, it's one of the hardest things to do as a person is that if you know that you're not good for that person, whatever, like, you know, you got things going on in your life, some demons that you're trying to get out of. And I'm not saying that any of this is going on. I'm just saying that the people that are around Ja right now, everybody is going, everybody should be scrutinized to the nth degree because at this point, we are killing the goose that laid the golden egg. We are lighting our lottery ticket on fire. Okay? So let's not do that. So to the crew that hangs around John Ryan, hey, uh, actually, let me tell a little story about this real quick. I'm sorry. I was about to get off, but I got a couple more things that I need to get off my chest. <laughs> One, I've been around some athletes, okay? Um, not t- super, super, super tight with any of them or anything. I'm not trying to gloss, I'm not trying to gloss or, 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 or to my own horn. You know, I just, I seen them move every once in a while, you know? And um, the one thing that you see for the ones who do it right, not that they don't have a big crew, but everybody in that 
whatever guy's hemisphere, they got some sort of position. You know, whether it's I'm big and I am basically here to protect them, or I am the publicist, or I am the, you know, the guy just keeps them on track. Like, God, we got to wake up at 630, go run. We got to go, you know, hit the gym at 745. You know, then you take a nap. You know, I call over the personal chef. The chef makes the meal. You get up from your nap. You eat. We go get some shots up, whatever. Everybody has something to do. I don't know that I don't know that not to be the case in Josh's situation, but if that is the case in Josh's situation, everybody needs a vocation. Everybody needs to do something. I don't care if it's as remedial as picking up dry cleaning. I don't care if he wants you to rub the basketballs for good luck. You do that. The other thing. There was always somebody there to say, hey, I don't I don't know if I like this situation. Let's kind of hold back and we'll wait for a second. Or, hey, maybe we don't go to the club tonight. Everybody in Josh's crew should be looking around and asking themselves, what can I do to make this situation better? And how can I help Ja avoid these pitfalls from here on out? Those are the questions that the Ja Morant crew, spearheaded by his daddy, T, By the way, bro, you got some accountability situations, too. I think everybody knows on this podcast, and if you don't, if you haven't listened to it, there's a uh, on this feed, there's a life pod. Um, I talk a lot about my 30-year addiction to alcohol. I talk about how terrible a person I was. I talk about my lying, my cheating, the jobs I lost. Tremendous jobs I lost. But the one thing that rules my life now is God. But also with that came just a level of accountability for my actions. And also discernment. Discernment on taking a deep breath every once in a while. Really communicating with people. I wasn't like that before. I was a hothead. I punched walls when I got mad. Like brick walls. I would I would literally punch them. Hurt my hand. All this. Can you imagine how sick you gotta be to punch a wall because you're mad. So you're you're mad at somebody, but you're punching a wall. Sounds stupid, right? Just as maybe this wasn't the smartest decision to have randos come over to your house to play a pickup basketball game. Because you have no idea who you're dealing with. You have no idea if they're jealous of you, if they're envious of your fame, money, whatever the case may be. It's unfortunate that uh, that people who are that look like Ja might envy Ja and just don't have just straight up love for him and, and whatever, but we all understand what this world can be. So my hope is that he gets better. He gets the counseling he needs and uh, we can continue this season. So Memphis Grizzlies, that is the pod for today. For everybody else, we'll be back on this feed Monday to do a recap for the the draft combine, NFL draft combine, and also will hit on any other news that come up. Because here's the other thing. If you haven't been listening to this pod on the football side, there was a little thing that came out today. 
that the Washington team is in the running for Lamar because those negotiations has hit a standstill. We've been telling you, FRPC has been telling you for weeks that probably that Lamar Jackson's probably played his last game as a Baltimore Raven. <laughs> Sad, but true. So dig into those archive pods. If you're just listening to the basketball feed and um, maybe you don't like football, but maybe your dad likes football. Maybe your girl likes football. Maybe cousin likes football. So let them know about the, the football side of this podcast as well. You know what I'm saying? So we appreciate everybody who listens to us. Um, man, the, the audience is growing. Uh, people are telling other people about it. And we are grateful to every last one of you. We are happy that we can do this for you. And I hope to 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 hear from people soon in the sense of hit me up on Twitter, hit my guy up on Twitter, at Nico FRPC and also Front Runner PC. That's the show for today. For Nico, the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe. I'm Vince Carter, and we will see you Monday. And y'all have a good rest of y'all weekend. Peace. We out. <laughs>